Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Well, hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back, or welcome to your first time enjoying the Real Film Nerds Podcast. This week, we are chatting about the incredible Christopher Nolan film, Oppenheimer. Mike, do you think it's a coincidence that this podcast number is 333 and it's half of 666? Do you think it's because the atomic bomb is going to end the world? Uh, no, no, I didn't think that at all. But, uh, I mean, that is an interesting look at it, Matt. That's that's pretty... Uh, uh, maybe that it... Maybe it is a coincidence. Maybe it isn't. Mike, do I don't you, know. Do you... You think I'm just uh, have a dark personality and I just go to dark places, even though one of your sweethearts is in this film, Mrs. Emily Blunt. Uh, yeah, I th- I think you do have uh, a dark uh, uh, humor sometimes. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Mike. I'm taking that as a compliment. I don't care what anybody else says. <clears throat> well, all right, Matt. Um, I think I think it's just better I get into. Uh, the overview bef- before we start talking about this movie, because um, I think I think we're going to have a lot to say about this movie. We're going to have a lot to say about the Oppenheimers, especially the sex scenes. So, uh, Mike, then I should ask you, uh, what is the breakdown for the 2023 Christopher Nolan film? All right, Matt. So this movie, as you stated, is uh, directed and written by Christopher Nolan. Uh, also for writing is uh, Kai Bird and Martin Sherwin. And this movie is starring Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's there's so many people in this movie, Matt. Um, Scott Grimes. Yep. Ken Branagh. There's so many. Josh Hartnett. uh, Just say everybody. Yeah, yeah. Just just so many people. All right. And then this story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. Okay, Mike. So this is a three-hour-long movie. Do you think it was worth it? Yeah, man. uh, I loved it. Uh, The whole three hours, I was uh, just enthralled. Like, I, I didn't... I didn't have to go to the bathroom somehow in this one, and uh, I was so glad that I didn't. You must not have brought in your typical bourbon and Cokes, this this showing. Yeah, yeah, I, I skipped the bourbon and Cokes and, and, and any beers. I just, had, I just had a soda and popcorn, and it was awesome. Well, Mike, I think it was a little lengthy. Um, there's a lot of important talk topics that were hit upon throughout the entire film, which we can get into. I mean, you know, I guess it's kind of spoilers, but not spoilers because this is based on a true story. So this stuff really happened. So I don't know how you really spoil it when it's out there, but, um, I feel that it could have been trimmed the fat a little bit. I think if we were closer to two hours and 30 minutes, even two hours and 45 would have been a little bit better. But for me, it just it just got kind of lengthy. Um, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm not saying that at all. But I just think they could have trimmed the fat a little bit. This is actually one where I fought with myself for about 12 or 15 hours, you know, sleeping and waking up the next morning and stuff, trying to decide on what I was going to rate it. And I had, I had a tough time rating this one. Oh, okay. Um, Matt, as far as... Uh I guess trimming the fat. There's only one scene that I thought was a little bit like shouldn't have been there, um, and it was just one of the early scenes uh, with Oppenheimer and his his brother in um, New Mexico with uh, their good friend uh, Lawrence, uh, one of the other uh, professors or doctors at Berkeley, and. I don't know. I felt like that was just kind of uh, it established that he really likes Los Alamos, but like I, I don't know. I feel like you got that through other things in, in this before they moved, um, you know, the Trinity Project to it. You know, 
I, I think some of the hearing stuff could have been sped up. I think you could have trimmed some of the stuff out there that wasn't quite as important as other aspects of the hearing because we understood what the hearing was. And I think the hearing was very important because it was during the time period with McCarthyism. And this was one of the early examples of Mark McCarthyism. And I think it was smart that it was brought in on this film because it was a pivotal moment because they basically tore down what was seen as an American hero at that time period. And they tore him down because of his possible involvement 40 years before with communism, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he did seem to kind of dance on the edge of uh, the communism thing, but never really committed to it. I think he just liked entertaining lots of different ideas. He liked to hear a lot of people's, thoughts that's it's that's kind of what i got at least from the movie you know like he just seemed like he he was open to people's opinions about different things and some of them he was just like oh this is different i i think it was a combination of being open to other people's thoughts for sure but i think it was more about people's individual freedoms where you know they he talks about the spanish american war and how he donated money to that even though they were fighting a different political ideal than what he assigned or not assigned but sided with being an american and being a capitalist i think he just didn't like the oppression of people in general no matter what that uh um, government sect is, but especially did not like fascism. And I don't think he saw communism as oppression, at least not at first. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think you're right. But, um, Matt, th this movie, since it's, it's very, you know, it's historical, um, it was very fascinating to watch just all these, these amazing characters who you've, I don't know. Things are named after them, like Lawrence Livermore Labs and like just all kinds of stuff. Like it, it was interesting to kind of see some of that brought to life and how how things kind of went down with uh, some of the stuff. I, I know not all of it is known, but it was it was very interesting for me. Well, yeah, especially you being a big person of science and a big engineer type for a living, you know, um, it, it's a big deal for you. I mean, I, I thought a lot of it was interesting because, you know, I've been out to Los Alamos. I have never been to the Trinity site. I spent a couple of years in New Mexico. I know a lot of the history of this stuff. I, I studied a lot of the history in school. Um, World War II is one of my favorite things. Um, my dad historically likes to talk about how, and my mom touched upon it a little bit in her podcast, but my dad was born in between the two bombs. Like he was born um, the the year they dropped the two nuclear bombs, but he was born between them <laughs> date wise. So oh, he always jokes about that. Yeah. He always jokes about that. But um, I don't know. It's, it's fascinating because this goes to the whole, uh, uh, should we have should we have done it kind of thing and you really can see that representation of Christopher Nolan doing that with Oppenheimer in this film where Oppenheimer is all about it when it's like this is just my take on it Oppenheimer is all about developing it building it to fight fascism to fight the Nazis to fight uh, Hitler and then the instant like they surrender he's kind of like questioning should we keep doing this because the ultimate evil is kind of taken out? Yes. The Japanese have not surrendered yet, but that's another thing that's interesting to talk about the Japanese and the firebombing and stuff. There's a lot of what ifs, but they still, the government clearly kept pushing them with the project and kept saying they wanted them to do it. And, you know, he clearly, I don't know if he regrets it, but he definitely takes the burden on his shoulders that he took those, people's lives on his shoulders you know he feels that he did that yeah but at the same time i kind of have this theory that in his mind he was like either i do it or someone else is going to do it well he blatantly says that especially when it comes to the nazis and the germans because they were clearly on the road and they talk about it at the beginning about how they're like if we keep pushing we're only two years behind we're only nine months behind the nazis you know and then the nazis like stop and so you know and 
we take over Europe. We, you know, we had VE Day, Victory Over Europe Day, and he's just kind of like, should we keep doing it since we took the Nazis out? And I think the reason why he kept pushing in a lot of ways, or not pushing, but he agreed to keep going when the government requested them to, is because they already went that far. It would be easier for other countries to figure it out, which later on we find out that Russia knew or eventually learned how to do it because of spies inside the Manhattan Project. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, but Ru- Russia did have good scientists and stuff too. So like, it was they it was did, both. Yeah, and and they got a lot of. So a lot of people don't know this either. But the German scientists, when Russia broke apart, a lot. Not Russia G- broke apart when Germany uh, lost the war and these German scientists that helped develop all these military weapons for Germany and the rockets and all that stuff, they got kind of spread around between the allies afterwards. Hence the reason why we got the space program and Russia got their space program. And so although that influx of German intellect and technology that they were developing got spread out. So, you know, even if they wouldn't have done it with the advancements they had from the spying, they would have figured it out eventually too. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 is what is extremely fascinating. Like, in in like you said, our space program, uh, you know, one of the head rocket scientists was German. He was yeah, so, Werner von Braun. Yeah, yeah, very in- intelligent. You know, he helped build the um, um, oh geez, what do they call them? the 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 V two rockets? The the um, uh, the bombs the uh, buzz bombs that's what they called them the v2 buzz bombs where they launched them which basically were the uh, precursors to icbms yeah yeah oh yeah no yeah that that's one of the biggest reasons why we even have a space program (laughs) yeah well i mean what's a what's a rocket without ordnance it's 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 a space (laughs) spaceship yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean you know we you and I both love a lot of that stuff and it's just fascinating, you know? And I think, I think this movie was very, very good. Um, there's parts of it that I, again, I think were a little lengthy, but, um, Killian Murphy, dude, he, if he's not nominated for an Academy Award, I'm going to be pissed because he did an amazing job. No, uh, after I walked out of this movie, I was like, well, this is going to be nominated for a bunch of stuff. I mean, it was just really well done. Like, you know, Christopher Nolan, uh, I think he delivered. Um, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Like with Tenet, uh, his last movie, you know, it was really good. It had a lot of stuff going on, but I feel like it wasn't for everyone. And I feel like this movie is a lot more for everyone. And I think it's 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 doing really well. I mean, it's facing off with Barbie, which is also doing really well. And we will um, talk about that one next week, FYI. We already told everybody that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that one next week. Um, we'll talk about the was it what was it called Barbenheimer weekend? Where yeah. Um, I didn't even know that was a term until one of my friends told me that. And I was like, what the hell is that? He's like, oh, I'm going to go watch Barbie and then Oppenheimer. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome that you're going to the movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Apparently people bought in the same transaction, a double feature to see Barbie and Oppenheimer. It's like five hours of movies. Dude, that sounds like your typical Monday, Mike. Right, dude. Yeah, of, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, ba- back back when I was single and I didn't have kids, and 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 maybe when I wasn't working, sure. But uh, these days, very very busy. Hey, hey, whose fault is that? I didn't make you do it. No, it's it's completely my fault, and I I'm okay with it. It just it's a lot different life now. As you can tell, folks, he, his kids are not teenagers yet, so that's why he's still okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, soon I'll I'll be watching the movies with the kids. Yeah, I don't. I still think you might want to wait until Oppenheimer. I mean, unless you want him to, you know, see Florence Pugh nude. Oh yeah, well, dude. So I didn't know a lot of the actors that were going to be in this. I was really surprised by um, 
Florence Pugh being in it. I didn't even know she was in it. I had no idea. Yeah, slacker. I knew she was in it, and I knew that there were sex scenes in it with her. And now, you know, it's like the weekend after the debut, and now everyone's having an issue with the sex scenes. But whatever. I think they were warranted. Why are they having issue with it? I thought they were fine. I don't know. I didn't read the articles. I just know that there's a bunch of stuff that started popping up, and I'm just like, I don't know. All right, Maybe all right. it's because it's a three-hour-long movie that everybody should see, and it's rated R, and the sex scenes are what make it rated R. Well, I th- it wasn't was there some cursing? Dude, there was some cursing. I think. I'm sure there was cursing too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, Matt, uh, I think I've, I should have brought this up earlier. I need to know what you're drinking, dude. What are you drinking this morning, evening, or afternoon? Ah. <sighs> Well, Mike, thank you for asking. So because I am on vacation and trying to record this podcast in a strange location, uh, which you will hear more about with Mahinshaw Loses Her Cookies after this, because I recorded Mahinshaw Loses Her Cookies early, and now we're recording Real Film Nerds. But uh, I just went to what I could afford cheap in California. So I have, oh, and also cans, because I wanted cans so I could take them to the beach. But uh, I just have some Michelob Ultra. Oh, Michelob Ultra. Interesting, dude. All right. Cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a good beach beer, though. Yeah, it's light when on a hot day, and I can have them in cans, so I can have them on the beach. I, I don't know. We'll find out. I haven't gotten yelled at yet, so. Uh, yeah, you should. Well, I don't know what it's like in Cali, but uh, in, in other areas in the country, it's fine to have cans, just no glass. Yeah, well, that's that's typically what it is. That's what it is in Prescott when we go to like the lakes and stuff. Like they they don't love that we're out drinking, but they're you know as long as we have you know cans and we have them tucked away, they're fine. All right, yeah, no, cool. Well, uh, Matt, guess what I'm drinking? Uh, so I got this. Maybe this will be a regular thing now, but uh, I I got some uh, more sweet water, um, uh, extra pale ale, four twenty. Oh well, dude. So that's what two weeks in a row or three weeks in a row. Maybe three weeks, dude. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm trying to make the, you know, I buy these 24-pack, and they, they're all tall boys, so it's kind of nice. That, dude, that's a lot of beer. <laughs> that's really like a 48-pack. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. <laughs> so, okay, all right. Speaking of packs or six-packs, no, that doesn't work because I don't have one of those. I have a keg, and I think you probably have a 12-pack, Maybe. Anyways, Mike, what is this week's incredible dad joke? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. Dude, you're probably going to get this one. But uh, what game does the sky love to play? Um, I'm trying to think of something dirty, but I probably shouldn't say something dirty. Um, I don't know. Basketball? Twister. Twister. Why does the sky play Twister? Oh, because of the... Okay. I was thinking like the sun and the moon and that kind of sky. Dang it. <laughs> All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that wasn't very good. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, that wasn't very good. Well, I'm talking to my guess. My guess was terrible. I was thinking too literal, I guess. I don't know. So anyways, okay. All right. Now this... This one is going to be super, super difficult, Mike. I don't know if you can do it, but um, how does Christopher Nolan's 2023 film Oppenheimer relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? All right, Matt. Yeah, this one was super difficult, but... Uh, apparently, Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man. Really? I had no clue. Yeah. Tony T- Tony Stark in Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, so, Avengers. I- what, what, what? Sorry, dude. <laughs> I, I totally started interrupting you because you cut out, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Go ahead. Keep listing off all the films. Oh well, no, no. That I, I think I think everybody's got it. Um, you know, another one I c- could have done would be uh, Matt Damon, 
Uh, but it was just like his weird little cameo that was in um, those uh, Thor Love and Thunder and, and, and uh, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok as actor well, and Loki. And you could have done Flo- you could have done Florence Pugh too. Yes, I could have done Florence Pugh as well uh, for uh, Black Widow. Uh, was she in another one? She was at least in Black Widow, right? Because she's her Black Widow's sister. Yeah, and I think she was in one of the TV shows. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. But yeah, right now she it, was just in Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of MCU tie-ins in this one for sure. Yeah. No, but but you know, all right. So so Matt, I guess I guess now that we're in the spoiler section. Talk about the nudity scene, Matt. Why do I need to talk about the nudity scene? We talked about it earlier. Well, you seem like you really wanted to get into it. No, I was just... No, that's the only thing... Okay, okay, all right. All right, so this is where my rating system goes. I've explained it before. For me, and this is why I struggled with rating this one. For me, if I'm going to give a film a perfect score of a five... That means everyone needs to go see it. And the nudity scenes, which I love dearly, of course, you know, everybody loves nudity, especially Ma Hinch. I mean, oh my God. But um, uh, this one is hard to recommend because high school kids can't go see it because of the nudity. Christian people will be offended because of the nudity. So it's just like I, I struggled with that. And then the length. And so, you know, you'll hear my rating here, you know, later on, but I struggled because I really bounced between a four, four and a half and five on what to rate this film. And I mean, literally on Friday, I was pulling up to the radio station and I still hadn't really decided what I wanted to give it just because I kept going back and forth because it's a fantastic, incredible film. Oh, oh, one question for you, Mike. Um, Which way did you see it? Were you able to see the 70 millimeter film version? No, man. Um, th- unfortunately, in my neck of the woods, I would have to drive three hours to get to a 70 millimeter. So I guess in the entire country, there's only 19 films, film theaters, sorry, that were able to do the 70 millimeter. The one that could do it in Arizona was the IMAX at Arizona Mills Mall. And I wasn't going to drive that far. Oh, dude, that's awesome. It's awesome that it's the Arizona Mills Mall. <laughs> yeah. And the other crazy thing, too, is my brother-in-law was wanted to go see it in 70 millimeter, and he was willing to drive because it's only like an hour, hour and 15 for him to drive to the east side. But the problem is, is when he was looking, trying to buy tickets, it was sold out. Uh, yeah, like, man, it's funny because Arizona Mills, you know, we went and saw um, the movie that made you vomit, Blair Witch there. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, I've seen a bunch of movies at Arizona Mills actually, but that was the that was the one that made me real sick there. Yeah, and I I remember driving from from uh, our hometown three and a half hours to go watch Star Wars Episode One in Arizona Mills Mall, and then being really disappointed with him. <laughs> I just remember when it comes to the Star Wars stuff. I remember us standing in line in high school when they re-released the originals. And we were standing in line outside of Uptown 3. And I was working and uh, everyone else in our little group wasn't that night or they weren't at least that at that time. And I was working still at the restaurant and I come rolling up like I stood in line for like 20 minutes and we went right in. And you guys were like, God damn it. Oh yeah, dude. I remember I actually remember that, dude. You you, yeah. you were working. We were all working. We just didn't work that day, I think. It was something uh, like that. And I was I worked until it wasn't in a midnight showing and I show up at like eleven thirty in my uniform from work, still smelling like tacos. Yeah, dude. It it was ridiculous because you, you just rolled up and you're like, hey, and then walked right in. <laughs> I know, you guys were so mad. Because <laughs> we've been there bad. for hours. I know. I felt bad. I should have just taken it off of work. If I was as smart and hardcore as I am now, I would have just taken it off work. Or now I would have just brought my laptop and sat there and worked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. No, it's just funny, man. Arizona Mills. Uh, that mall to me is it, it, it's it's a interesting thing because we would go there. It was like a destination place. So, 
Anyway. Now it's kind of a shit show. It's not horrible, but it's not great. But one thing that I found interesting, Mike, did you ever go to the Arrowhead Mall? Arrowhead Mall. Uh, Where's that one at? It's in Glendale, Peoria kind of area. It's off of Bell Road in the 101. I don't think so. Um, So I went there three or four weeks ago with my sister and my family and stuff when I was down. I was at a Rattlers game and they're... I shot the game the night before and they want to go get lunch. They went over there and I don't remember if we saw a movie or what, but I was shocked, dude. We could not find a parking spot anywhere. That place was packed on a Sunday. Interesting. Um, My night of the woods, there are some malls that are, are, are doing well. And then others that are like, like almost ghost malls and stuff like one of them has like an orthopedic like centers moving into it like in one of the old anchor stores because they left Mm -hmm. and i was like well that's weird a doctor's office at a mall but you know hey why not you can get some food go catch a movie go get an x-ray probably cheap rent oh yeah dude i'm i'm sure it's cheaper rent. like but it it's it it really seems like some malls there are some malls that are still uh doing fine and then there are a lot of malls that aren't <laughs> so oh oh yeah of- dude well you know metro center one of the biggest malls like ever created uh at least in arizona and definitely for phoenix i think almost ever it was built in like the 70s i think um they just bulldozed that motherfucker yeah, just got rid of it. Yep, they're they're bulldozing it and they're turning it into like a bunch of new shops and condos and all kinds of stuff. They just bulldoze it. One of the biggest malls ever built on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean that kind of makes sense. They're just redeveloping. Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird though because that giant mall sat there vacant forever. Arrowhead is doing killer. Fashion Square's always done great because you know Fashion Square's you know the fancy stores in Scottsdale. So. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got that. Yep. Um, our our fancy mall is still doing just fine, um, which is weird because I feel like there's not enough people to support it, but somehow it's still going great. Dude, that's fine. I mean, I you know I kind of miss being able to go and buy stuff in person, but it's also nice just opening up my front door and pulling a box up and shutting the door again. <laughs> It's true, dude. It is nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is definitely interesting. I don't, I don't know it, what the kids do anymore. Do they just uh, go on their cell phone and like TikTok each other? They TikTok each other, and then they talk each, to each other when they're playing video games. And I think that's about it. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, dude, you'll find out before I will. You're the one with kids. Yeah, but by the time my kids are old enough to to do the tiktoki there's going to be something else it's going to be called the the taka taka chuck i don't know there's going to be some taka, some sort of s- other social something taka chaka brain implant yeah 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 and there, you'll there, just there, like there's, think there's, there's going to be like the <laughs> matrix or something oh there you know. go yeah the real life matrix oh dude what was that bruce willis movie where they had that where they like lived like second lives or like almost like ready player one yeah, I think it'll be more like Ready Player One than The Matrix. Surrogates? Like you'll know. Was it? Yeah. Was it Surrogates like, is the other one, yeah. But I think it's going to be more like Ready Player One, where you're going to be able to jump in and out of a video game and you're going to live in the video game. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Um, I, I was watching... Um, oh, shoot. I can't think of the name. There's a show on Prime that I was watching that is very much that, where people go and like play video games and stuff and like almost live lives in in like cyberspace um also there was that um oh man trying to think of the name of the movie it was really violent um it was where that cuts it down well it was like it was your classic scenario of like death row people but you could like control them and it had the Dexter guy in it. And, 
that, that was the wasn't that the one we reviewed with uh, Harry Potter Guns Akimbo? G- no, no, Gamer. It was called Gamer. Gamer, yes, Gamer. Dude, Gamer, g- Gamer. Yeah. Well, Guns Akimbo was like that, except for they bet on people doing that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it wasn't got, a game. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. a similar concept. Yeah, similar concept, but like Gamer was like, I thought that was a really good movie, but you know, like it's a little crazy. Oh yeah, dude! I thought it was a lot of fun. But man, all right. So uh, back to Oppenheimer, Matt. Oh what yes, did sir. You th- right away, sir. I forgot we were talking about a movie. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of uh, the cinematography, dude? Oh, it was incredible. Christopher Nolan knows how to work a camera. That's the thing. He's a really good director. He's a really good cinematographer, and he's a really good writer. He wrote most of the script on this, adapted from a uh, you know. Bio, uh, biography from 2004, 2005, something like that. Yeah. And no. I, I think he just knocked it out of the park, man. And I, I like the idea that from Oppenheimer's point of view of the story, it's in color. And from Strauss's point of view, it's in black and white. Yeah. No, it was brilliant, dude. Really, really good use of, of the media. Yeah, and it's typical Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan loves to play with time. Uh, you know that from Tenet. Um, but he plays with time again in this one. Now it's more linear than Tenet for sure. But he still jumps around quite a bit. That's why you have the black and white and the color to help try and guide the viewer. Yeah, it's it was interesting to see that because Oppenheimer was who he was... There were just certain things that like kind of fell into place, um, but it it was real uh, for me, Matt, being a recent parent. It was real interesting to see when uh, him and his wife first had their their son, and what what they they ended up doing is like uh, letting some other people raise him for a couple months while they like recovered from it kind of well i think a lot of that was his wife recovering and he was working too much and so he wasn't there and she asked him to step in to help and he couldn't do it he was too busy you know developing the atomic bomb and all that other stuff and teaching college courses and all that and he said here can you just take him just take him and it worked out, luckily, thank God. I mean, and you see the kids later when they're at Los Alamos. So it wasn't forever. It was just for a short period of time. But it was enough to, you know, for them to get their bearings together. Yeah. I, I think maybe some of that have to do, you know, there's the postpartum depression or whatever that some oh, women. yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. That suffer. But I think at that time they didn't have a name for it or even like it wasn't a thing. Right. Kind of like PTSD, how they didn't have a name for that. Until fair, uh, what, past 30 years or so? Yeah, yeah. No, but like, so I think people knew that things happened, but they just kind of were like, oh, you know, something's happening. Um, I don't know. Well, dude, so and maybe- it could have possibly saved their marriage in the end and allowed them to be together and have another child and all that, you know? Yeah, yeah, but it it, it was just I I don't know it was interesting because I definitely know those uh, the first uh, year of a of a child is uh, is a lot of work. Uh, well, it's not like any year is less work, but the first year is a extreme amount of work. Yeah, and then it just gets more expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, it's always expensive. I think, but no, but no, f- it just increasingly gets more like cars and college. You know, Cor- correct. But uh, yeah. A- 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 anyway, the the no sleep mat, like like you've uh, experienced a little bit just just recently, the um, sleep deprivation uh, that like my wife felt was she was like she was like okay, I totally understand why they use sleep deprivation as a torture now. <laughs> Because <laughs> well, after dude, like two I don't months, sleep as it is. But at, yeah, having a crying and screaming baby all the time when you're awake, on top of not sleeping, is so much worse. Yeah, uh, I think my wife went two months with not sleeping more than like two hours. Jesus, how the hell is she still vertical? 
Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, well, <laughs> that's why she was, it was rough. It's okay, man. You just kept working. That's what I see how it is. You didn't want to go home and you didn't want to help Mags. And so this, she's going to have her payback, Mike. You'll get it. You'll no, get it I, one day. I was, this was the pandemic, dude. I was home. <laughs> sure, Mike. Stop <laughs> lying. We all know you were on your trip or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was on my trip uh next to her <laughs> no 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 don't worry man i uh, mags i got your back don't worry i got you all right all right uh so i don't know christopher nolan does an amazing job the story was really amazing the character development was good the visual effects i thought were uh pretty good uh I kind of wanted a little bit more from the actual explosion, Matt, but I've, I felt it was good. Do you think it was not as good because the absence of sound? I thought it was fantastic that he chose to do it that way. No, no. I thought that was uh, brilliant. Uh, the, the, the way that he, he presents stuff, you know, it was really well, well done. Um, the movie is very impactful. Uh, the ending, Matt, with the kind of celebratory speech, but not, I mean, I guess that was very interesting. That was a interesting. Are you talking the speech to everyone that worked at Los Alamos? Yeah. Like the, the, like, like in the, it was almost like a pep rally kind of, but like not. And like, Oh, it would be such a weird thing. Like, I don't even know how I would feel about it. L- like, like put yourself in that situation. You worked on this project and it, and everything worked, but it ended up being the death of all kinds of people. Yeah, of literally almost 100,000 people in one, two failed swoops. Yeah, I think that's why, and I think that's how Christopher Nolan illustrated it so well, is Oppenheimer is kind of beside himself, watching people cheer and celebrate, and then people break down and almost suicidal. They're so depressed. Yeah. It's, it would be such a burden. Such a burden. Um, but... You know, if he hadn't done it, someone else would have, and it might not have been America. Yeah, it could have been a whole lot of a whole heck of a lot worse. But I mean, I don't want to get into the history too much about it. I mean, there's uh, they brought it up a little bit um, about how when they dropped the bombs, they were all sitting around in the committee deciding if they were going to do it or not. And even Oppenheimer himself brings up the firebombing that had gone on in Japan. I mean, they killed. Hundreds of thousands of people firebombing freaking Tokyo and Japan and during World War II. And they're like, dude, they're beaten down already as it is after the firebombing. And now you want to drop nukes? Do we really have to? Do we really need to? And we never got that answer because they just did it. So that's like one of the biggest kind of topics surrounding World War II. If we would have just left it alone and not dropped them, would they have surrendered because of the firebombing? Because, dude, all their homes are paper and bamboo and wood. I mean, literally, they were lighting entire cities on fire. I mean, it was intense. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's hard to say, but uh, they... <laughs> well, that's the thing. Nobody knows. It's a huge controversy. So, so somebody made a decision and uh it ended up uh getting to Japan to the right uh, or, or or well I don't know if it's the right decision but uh to quit. <laughs> yeah, they surrendered. Yeah. yeah. So But yeah, no, it's it's a fascinating time period to think, to study and learn about and you know it all happened. Um, the people that were alive and did all this stuff, they're not with us really anymore because it's, you know, people from World War II are, you know, dying every day. You know, the greatest generation is going away. Yeah, there, there's not very many left. But uh, I did happen to see one of my neighbors who fought in World War II. Uh, he walks the neighborhood. He's very old. And uh, I saw him today. <laughs> so. Oh, cool. Yeah. Dude, yeah, you should ask him. That would be interesting. Ask him his thoughts. He's like, 
think he's like 96, dude. He's like walking around the neighborhood. He still drives. I don't know if he should be, but he still drives. <laughs> and like, just, yeah, I mean, it's cool, but wow. So, okay. All right, Mike. So what are we going to talk about next week? We already talked about it a little bit earlier, but why don't you tell our lovely listener that's left? Oh, so we're talking about the other half of this weekend. Uh, the the Barbieheimer uh, weekend. Uh, we are going to talk about Barbie, the movie uh, that just came out as well as this movie and, and did gangbusters. And uh, I, I, I'm going to say I think it's going to be an interesting talk, man. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, well, I know I, you've seen it already. I have not. I'm going to try and go see it out here in beautiful Southern California if I can. But so far, I have not been able to do anything fun. I've done nothing but work for two days. So I don't know. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I won't. Yeah. So so I have seen it. Uh, it is it is interesting. And um, when I went to the movie theater to see Oppenheimer, uh, it was uh, the Thursday, uh, Thursday night. Like I, I like to go to as, as well as Matt, you, you do the same. Oh but, yeah. I did Thursday night Oppenheimer. Uh huh. Yeah. But when I went there, holy crap balls, it was pink. <laughs> and I was like, so I guess Barbie's going to do okay. And then, uh, when the results came back, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Cause man, so, my experience was different. Uh, Oppenheimer was jammed at my theater. There was quite a few people at Barbie, but it wasn't packed. Not like yours. Yeah, my theater, it was like... And the interesting thing is, Barbie is about two hours. Oppenheimer's three. So, they're fighting for screens. And the movie that's two hours, you can you can do a lot more two-hour showtimes than you can three-hour for the same screen just because of you know time correct yeah so it seems like barbie was like guaranteed to be number one because they just played it more there was just more opportunities for butts and seats um interesting take on it interesting yeah like they in some ways i I don't want to say this quite like this but they they made it easier for barbie to be number one so you're saying the game was rigged. But at the same time, Oppenheimer's three hours. You can only get like four or five showtimes where you can probably get six or seven out of Barbie. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a difference. That's a big in, difference. In a day. So. Um, but uh, when I went and saw Oppenheimer, oh, it was awesome, Matt. Every single person was wanted to be there and was awesome. There was no cell phones. There was no kids. It was great. Like, everyone was, like, enthralled with the movie, and I was like, yes, this is what movies are supposed to be. So that's how mine was, except for one of my friends that came with me who fell asleep and kept talking during it. But uh, I don't think you knew what he was getting into when he went to saw it. I don't think it was his kind of movie. So I take the blame for that one. Yeah, dude, you should. That's come on, man. I do. I feel bad. A little bit of a. Well, dude, I just invited him, and I thought he knew what the hell it was, but he fell asleep, and it it was just not his thing. But it got him out of the house, and he's in a low point of his life. So, but everyone else in the theater, as full as it was. I mean, you could hear a, a mouse fart. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah, that 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 was my experience, and I I, I love that too. It was like, yes, all these people want to be here, and it's awesome. Like, there's just uh, I I'm just I don't know. I feel like I'm just stupefied when people like show up to a movie and they're like just surfing Instagram or whatever, and like, well, what are you doing here? Plus, you yeah, paid wh- for this. What are you paying for? Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, you could sit in your car and look at Instagram, or you, you could be at home and look at Instagram. Like, you don't need to be on your phone right now. So, okay, Mike. So, uh, I think we need to figure this out. 
I'm interested to hear your numbers, but I have a pretty good guess. Mike, uh, how many reels do you give Oppenheimer? Oh, I, I'm I'm giving it five reels, Matt. Uh, I I know that you have some standards about nudity and things, but no, I'm just giving it five reels. Well, dude, it's not standards about nudity. It's just I'm really about if I'm going to give something a five, like it needs to be a movie that everyone can see and no one should miss, which I really think this movie is. But again, there's things I pointed out. Like I think it's a little lengthy. The the nudity scenes are not going to make everybody want to go see it. So, I mean, I, I give it a four out of five. Okay. I mean, dude, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, I think it's an incredible film, and it's definitely Christopher Nolan's attempt at trying to get a bunch of Academy Awards. But I like a lot of his other films better, to be honest. Oh, okay. But Killian Murphy killed it, and uh, the cast was amazing. The scenes were amazing, the sets, everything. Dude, this movie is the complete package. Uh, I, see, this is why I battled with it. Going between a four, a four and a half, and a five because I love so much of it. But I have that whole thing where I'm like, no, I really want it to be something that everybody loves. And I, you know, I had my issues. You just heard me and Mike rant about it and malls and movie lines and history for the past 40 some odd minutes. So, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it alone. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, we'll be reviewing uh, Margot Robbie and. Um Oh, what's what's the other guy? Who's Ken? Oh, jeez, you're gonna make me look that up, Mike. How dare you? You mean no, no, Mr. I'm just, Ryan I'm Gosling? Just, yeah, Ryan Gosling. I thought I know, you knew it off the top shit. of your head. Hey, girl. I do. I'm just giving you shit. Okay, all right. So, so Margot Robbie and and uh, Ryan Gosling's latest Barbie, um, and uh, I think we're gonna have some fun with this, Matt. I I think, I think you're gonna like it. You think I'm going to like it. Okay, Mike, how many reels am I going to give it? I want to hear your guess. Ooh, now this is tough. This is tough. Um, I think you're going to give it four out of five reels. Okay, all right, Mike. Well, for those of you who are interested, you will have to come back next week and listen to our review of Barbie to hear how many reels. Or you could just listen to the radio on Friday. Either way. All right, well... Uh, I guess with that, man, I'll wrap it up. We've gone a little bit long, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, you know, make sure you go out there and catch a movie. Um, both uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer are great. The new t- uh, Tom Cruise, um, Mission Impossible is also great. So uh, was it Rogue? No, it's not Rogue Nation. Oh, shoot. What is it called? Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Yes, Dead Reckoning. Yes, Dead Reckoning. It's awesome. Uh, I think because those movies are in the theater, everything else has gotten pushed out. So those are the the ones you can choose from. And uh, <laughs> go, go, go have some fun. All right. I don't uh, know, dude. I, if I'm going to spend three hours, man, I think I said this on the radio. If I'm going to spend three hours, I'm going to go to Dead Reckoning. I mean, that's what, like, that movie's made for theaters, man. Although I gave it the same rating. I gave it four out of five. Or did I? No, I gave it four and a half. I think you gave it four and a half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There's my answer to it. Okay. All right. I'm just a sucker for Scientologists. (laughs) You sure are. (laughs) Where's John Travolta at? Anyway. uh, In the closet. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, make sure to catch us on next week's pod where we talk about Barbie and all the dolls that Matt and I grew up playing with. And, uh, Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what Santos calls my collection is dolls. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> all right. Well, um, with that, I'll let everybody go. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. Welcome, everyone. This is Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, number 23 
Oppenheimer. Are you going to introduce me or not? Oh, you were almost did. Okay, I said Matt. You could say joining me is my illustrious son <laughs> and incredible host of the Real Film Nerds podcast, Mr. Matt Henshaw. But you don't do that. You just say Matt. Like I'm some dog. You want me to bring a biscuit to you? Okay. No. How no, dare okay, you? Okay. You're so mean. No. Okay. I need to say. You say it's already done now. We're moving on. Next oh, part. We're moving on now. Okay. So, for those of you who do not know, we are not in my typical format where I'm sitting in my office in my lovely home, enjoying (laughs) peace and quiet. I am with my mother in Southern California uh, on a quote-unquote vacation. Um, I've done nothing but work since I got here, and I didn't really even sleep. And when I did try to sleep, there was a young child that decided to bawl her freaking eyes out and ears out and brains out and... (laughs) Whatever else. So, yes, I'm quite ornery for this delightful podcast. So, Ma Hinshaw, this week we talk about Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. Yes, and Christopher, job well done. Okay, so this is your podcast. Why am I doing all the work? You need to do the heavy lifting. Get to work, you old lady. Okay, okay. This is a marvelous movie. It is fantastic. The actors are really, really amazing. Uh, Killian, I think his name is pronounced. Yes, Killian Murphy. Is just, I can't believe it. He's Irish. And how he did not have any accent at all. He acted perfectly beautifully as Oppenheimer he looked like him he held his body like him I know there are photographs that he probably used to copy his stance Uh, he was just over the top good then there was uh, uh, oh foo don't hurt yourself Uh, Emily Blunt well, yes, she was great as Florence Kitty, Pugh? his wife. But then, no, I Louis Strauss is, uh, um, and I can't think of it. Oh, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Robert Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Couldn't you could have just Robert. said Iron Man. I well, I was almost going to, but anyway, I watched the entire movie and said. My gosh, the guy who's doing Louis Strauss is so good because he has a very large part in the movie. And i like, I don't know who it, that is, you know. And then when I looked it up, I said, you are kidding me. That's Robert Downey? Oh, my gosh, he was so very good. You know, you're not the only person that I have heard that from that people didn't even recognize that he was in the movie. I mean, nope. I don't know how you don't. Yes, they did a very good job with the makeup, but mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is getting older, so I understand he might blend in a little bit. Although the thing that I thought interesting was I wouldn't say he was ever really bulked up during Iron Man. I mean, he was fit. He looked good. Not that I'm one to judge a man, but um, in this movie, he definitely looks like a retiree. Or at least the costuming they did makes him look that way because he looks very frail. Not, I guess frail is a good yeah. word. He's not like like yep. senile like frail, but he's definitely supposed to be probably in his seventies, and he looks yes. it. He and looks I think they did a good job. That body carriage, you know, of him was of an older person. Uh, it, it, tremendous acting. Uh, it, the movie was so interesting. I, I was alive when uh, the bombs were dropped. I was born in '42 and had no idea of any of the how they did things to create the bomb i i was a child i just heard my mother tell me oh they dropped the bombs 
And then all of a sudden, my school, they were saying, now, if we get attacked, you need to crawl under your desks and cover your heads and all this. And all of us kids, we got so scared and we didn't know why. It was very interesting, but uh, it, it kind of blew me away to hear Truman and his debating about, well, he really didn't debate. He just said, I want this war ended. And uh, uh, I think it's an education. I don't think all of the movie was true. It wasn't written, uh, but a lot of it was fact. Right? It's a biography, Mom. It's based on a novel of the oh, life okay. of Oppenheimer. So if oh, okay. it wasn't true, it probably wouldn't have been in the film. Okay, so it they was might have all exaggerated true some yes, things. Exaggerated, but, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But it's right. true. Everything that happened Everything. supposedly happened. Mm-hmm. But and uh, I will say, when you go to this movie, it's you need to concentrate, listen to the dialogue. But what really got me the most was when they they took the bomb and they put it in the and you know closed it up and everything and people were just touching it and then when they exploded it they were not very far away from it and uh, uh, later we all learned about fallout and and how sick it can make you and it can kill you it did kill my uncle eventually, who was five miles from one of the atomic bombs that was let off in Nevada. But uh, here they were, and I don't think there were five miles. Do you, Matt? I don't know. I didn't look it up, but of course that's not what they show in the film. But, but Mom, you have to understand, in the 40s, um, uranium, plutonium, all those other nuclear-based elements, nobody knew what they did. They were fairly new. Mm. They were not really well-known. They were recently discovered. I don't remember when. Oh, I think he discovered one. No, I don't think he discovered the elements. No, you think it was uh, Einstein? Well, Mom, they're elements. How how do you discover plutonium and uranium when you mine them out of the ground? Yes, that's right. And where where is most of it mined out of, at least Uh, in the United States? uh, I don't know. The Navajo Nation. I was thinking, I know it was in New Mexico. Some, yes. Well, actually, Arizona, Arizona and New Mexico okay. and Utah, because that's where the reservation is. Mm, okay. And a smidge in Colorado, but not mm-hmm. really. Anyways, so, yes. Yeah, so, they don't. They didn't know what these radioactive mm-hmm. elements did before mm-hmm. or after they were activated, mm-hmm. because um, those elements create issues even when they are not exploded. As you know, if you go and look at the reservation where the mines are, there are people living next to it, and they have all kinds of fun and interesting, awful cancers. Oh, and I did not realize they did. I really didn't, Uh, but it makes sense. Mom, I went to a site right next to an area where they mined uranium, yellow cake uranium, Mm -hmm. on the reservation. I went out there, and you know, I had to throw my shoes away afterwards. Oh, I did. Oh, Matt, I didn't know that. It was down. It was up the stream from the city I was in in New Mexico for a while. And they lived right there. Kids, (gasps) families, that was their land that had been their land for generations. And they lived basically in a uranium mine. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And tell me they're doing great. They're not. I don't believe But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about a movie. Yes. Anyway, uh, I learned a lot of different things, like the fact that, um, Oppenheimer had a city built. Okay, and you messed up on the radio. I did. It was not Los Alamos. It I is Los Alamos. It. What did you call it in uh, on the um, radio? Yeah. Um, you call it Alamogordo. Alamogordo. It is not. It is okay. Los Alamos. And okay. if you remember in the film, Oppenheimer's talking about that was his ranch land. Oh, yes. Right. So he... Mm-hmm. You know, said this is where we're going to do it, and they all came up with a plan. If you pay attention, yes, they say yeah. we're let's do it in New Mexico, let's mm-hmm. do it on my land. I but I need oh, a city built so we can that. keep it secret. 
Yeah, so I didn't catch it. It was his and land. And now, I don't really. know if you would call it a city now. It's a military base, yep. basically, now. Yeah, but it is. They still do a lot of development there. I don't think they do the development that they have done back then, but they still work on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I know some mm-hmm. people that have worked there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and the Trinity site is a lot farther away from Los Alamos than they make it seem in the film. It's not right next to it. but Yes, that's... that's it, I. I hope it wasn't true. <laughs> In other words, it looked awfully close where they were compared to where they. Oh, I'm the talking off. about the site itself compared to oh, where the they site? developed oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the site where they actually let loose the bomb was quite a ways—not like hundreds of miles, but it was still mm-hmm. in New Mexico. But it's a ways away, mm-hmm. and you actually can go visit that site. Um, it, it's still extremely radioactive, and I don't know if they still do it or not, but they used to open up one day a year when the radioactivity is really low and the winds are really low, and you can mm-hmm. go out there and stand and be near the site and they have a Geiger counter and stuff with you. And it's not, it's no worse than like having an x-ray is the level of radiation when you go to the Trinity site on that one, one particular day. Wow. But they're more worried about the winds blowing stuff up and you inhaling that. That's, that's where Mm. it's bad. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, a good friend of mine, John went and did that. My gosh. Well, anyway, I highly, highly recommend this movie, the acting was very, very good. The cinematography was great. Um, and you will learn about uh, hearing that Oppenheimer had. And uh, that is quite a bit of part of the movie that I never realized went on. It went on when I believe I was in college in the 60s. And uh, it's just uh, uh, fantastic, as I said, and everyone should go see it. I think it was, I think it was 50s and 60s, but I don't was know. It? I oh, never okay. I never looked it up. It was I it, didn't it, know it. it was Nolan's way of bringing about his uh, opposition to McCarthyism is what that is. Oh, and bringing oh, right. that to the limelight because especially yes. today, not a lot of people know what that is. And now that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that there's levels of McCarthyism today, but there there is sometimes mm-hmm. in certain things, in certain ways. But we're not here to get political. We're here no. to talk about a movie. No, it's um, just wonderful. Movie. How much nudity was in this film? Did you enjoy uh, the nudity or oh, do you wish there was more? Because uh, it is rated R. I know. I thought the nudity was handled tastefully. Um, there was only a couple of times. And... Uh, I didn't think there should be more. I thought it just kind of fit with with the uh, plot or oh, no, I, I thought it was fine. It, it was handled decently for an R-rated movie. Yes. Well, Mom, we know you love your nudity. Oh, well, so. I do, but you know... Colin doesn't have a really buff. You mean body. Killian Murphy? Killian. Oh, I, why did I say Colin? Well, I'm because you're drunk. That's it. Anyway, yeah. But no, there's a lot of stories going around in the media specifically today about the nudity in this film. I don't know. It is what it is. It's not like it's a giant orgy scene or anything no, or actual not. penetration or anything. It's not a porno. It's just a rated R film. Then, mm-hmm. sure, you know, I've seen it that is what much it is. on television almost. Yeah, I have on some TV programs actually. That's called Cinemax Mom, and that's a that's a you know practically a porn. You know, channel. Just it's let you know. not either. Cinemax definitely is. No, it's called Skinemax. No, shh. you're a dirty woman. I am not, and that's not what I'm talking. But how dare anyhow, you? Naughty. You're naughty. Shame. Why do you? Why do you enjoy the sex scene so much, Mom? <laughs> At 81, <laughs> I've forgotten what it is. But anyway, oh, that's Lord. all right. That's all right. You've forgotten what a lot of it is. I still like six pack abs, but that's oh a different Jesus. Story. Okay. Okay, so does, should everybody rush out and go see Oppenheimer? It's a oh, three-hour-long movie. Do go if you can buy yourself a very large Coke. It is Why? a long so they movie. can pee themselves. Well, they may have to make a potty break. Tell but... them to get a small Coke so they don't have to pee oh, during the yeah, film. Okay, okay, and then uh, what I would watch it. I went to an XD uh, screening. And it was really good, but I don't think it's necessarily necessary. I mean, it was very good, but, 
you know, uh, other movies, I think the XT was really fantastic. This one, I don't think it's terribly needed, but it's good if you do go to it. It's XD. XD, and that's for those what of you I who did. Do, no, you said XT, but... Um, for those of you who don't know what XD is, it is uh, Cinemark's answer to IMAX. Right. So, okay, Ma, mm-hmm. uh, we're running long as we always oh, well, do. Let's go short. Always let's cut do. It, cut it. Hurry quick. Somebody's coming. Oh, yeah. They're coming in the door. Oh, yes. As hurry. we're trying to record the podcast. Yes. Because, of course, they are. I thought <laughs> you had 15 more minutes to go swimming, and now you come in here and you bug Ma during her podcast. Says fifteen. Excuse me, are we gonna whatever? It's your damn podcast. All right, folks. We would we would invite uh, uh, hellish Heather to come talk on the podcast, but she hasn't even seen this movie, so she doesn't get to talk about it. She can't. She does not qualify. We're just talking about the nudity too. Yes. No. And I, we're, <laughs> no one hears you, by the way, when you're talked from that far away. So, Ma, Oops. why don't you give your rating how many cookies? Right, Ma Hinshaw gives a rating of five cookies to this movie. Everyone should go see it. Five for, cookies to Oppenheimer. Yes. Even though it's three hours long and you fell asleep 15 times. I did not fall asleep at all. And that's shocking, considering Liar. I'm old. Of course you fell asleep. You're yeah, old. No, I didn't. I did not fall asleep, okay? Go. So that's Heather children. talking in the background again. Hellish Heather trying to get the cookies. The cookies are on the top shelf. I purchased oh, them. No. You are not allowed to have them. So, <sighs> Ma, what are we talking about for next week? Next week, it will be the fantastic movie, Barbie. Which one is better, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Hey, I can't say. Nobody's oh, look, seen see, Barbie. I almost got her to slip. I almost got her to slip. Nope. Okay, so I what else slip. do you want to add? Are you done for the for I the day? I'm done for tonight. Are yes, you sure? I'm sure. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So, okay, one thing I have to say before I take us out: this podcast is brought to you by the Mile High Show because we are using Lord Matt Manto Santos's equipment to record on the road, and so. You know, when you make noises, Ma, it picks it up. Well, I didn't So you know. go and ah, ah, picks it up. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't know what you're saying. Thank you for it. You're making noises. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Party. See, and now Heather's <laughs> chiming in. See, this is why I didn't want to do this on the road, folks. I really tried not to do a podcast on the road. I really was. I didn't want to do this. But anyways, thanks, Matt, for making my life worse. Anyways, this podcast, Ma Hinshaw Loses Her Cookies, episode 23 brought to you by mr matt santos from the mile high show go check out his comedy shows he does them once a month i think the next one's august 4th at the elks opera house anyways um thanks everybody for listening uh don't follow ma hinch on the socials because she doesn't check them anyways but you can follow me at real film nerds podcast everywhere the socials are found um we have the new thread we have the instagrams we have the tweeters you know what it is at real film nerds thanks everybody for listening barbie next week good night